the one thing the doctor said to me that struck me, my girlfriend at the time was with me there, one thing that struck me, he was like, we don't see this until post-mortem. Every in institution looks into themselves and saying, shit, what can we do now, now that we know, we can't ignore this now, it's all over the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that might not even just be something to do with rugby, that might be with men in our, our generation. Also, there's always something better we can do. Yeah. Like, just give ourselves yeah, I was saying things that nobody has ever heard me say or nobody would imagine that I would say because my music is quite introspective and, and it is that outlet for me. Yeah. Since I started telling, a wise man once said that I should never let a hard time humble me. I heard it from a cousin that I'm buzzing like a bumblebee. But I actually have a creative idea or... Try to do something different. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm all for it because... And I think it just comes from rugby, like... That's very. That's a very streamlined sport. Like, you're not meant to step out of line at all. So like, so you've learned being different. From yeah, that as well. it's not even. Yeah, it's not even about being different. It's just about like, just do what you want to do. I only started doing that when I released my first song. Okay. Until then, I was still shy. Like, I don't want to show them my real personality because they might not like. But me. music's allowed you to. Yeah. yeah open up a bit. So now I'm an advocate for it. I'm just like. You got anything you want to do? Save this content, bro. Save this club. <laughs> Man's talking, now, isn't it? Guys, welcome to series two of uh, W Talk. Uh, today's guest is like most people who I've had on the the program so far. I don't really know them. I've just kind of met you at social gatherings, mm -hmm. kept in touch through Instagram. I don't even know how we even followed each other originally, to be honest. Like a professional rugby player. He plays for the Wasps currently. You've been with them for yeah. a year now. Yeah, I've been with them. Yeah, this is my second season. But you've been with like four other clubs, you played for Saracens, you played yeah. for a few, so, so we'll get into your rugby career, but we'll even take it all the way back to you at secondary school, because once again, I, I kind of knew you from then, but I didn't know what your kind of aspirations were, what your plans to do in life, uh, and then obviously touch on to what you're doing now, which is music, uh, which is not really a common thing for, let's say, rugby players to do, you just see yeah. rugby players, rugby players, I don't really see any rugby players doing something creative, or like eventually yeah. becoming a, a music artist, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, so let's take it all the way back to, as we were just talking downstairs, you went to QE Boys. Yeah. Um, was rugby a kind of predominant sport there? Was that kind of like the main sport? Which yeah, kind of it was massively, it? yeah, it was completely the main sport in the winter because I was playing football in primary school. Okay. So up until I was 11, I was trying to play football. But um, yeah, I got to, got to the school, grammar school, great school, um, rugby in the winter cricket in the summer so so you've always been into your sports yeah always, always does that come just through family or just like do you have any older brothers or younger brothers no or? i'm the oldest it's just me and my younger sister and she's not into sports whatsoever so i'm not too sure i think it's just comes from the enjoyment i get out mm -hmm. of it competitive um, yeah but and it's um, team sports so like pushing yourself pushing your friends and getting sort of reward and getting that family feel i think mm -hmm. maybe maybe subconsciously because i've not had a brother or anything like so that. So that kind of brotherhood, yeah, the brotherhood, okay, solidarity, sense. and so so that's I can see a link from there. So, so QE boys playing rugby. I mean, when did you? I mean, like, kind of what was it like playing like part of PE? Let's say was it mm -hmm. rugby? I and mean, when did you decide to really get into rugby or like make it maybe let's say your passion or something yeah. you really wanted to dedicate yourself to? I think I always liked it, and because I was a bit bigger at that age, so you like, naturally was, bigger, I was natu yeah, I was naturally drawn to it a little bit. Um, but I didn't really try hard at it too much until I was say about 15, okay. 16, and that's when the county stuff comes into play. So you're playing for your county, you're going around the country playing against different counties, and then the England age group starts at under 16 as well. So, and that's when Saracens came and picked me up. I was about 15, 16. Oh wow, so, so pretty young. Yeah, so I think that's when I decided, right, okay. And then you're seeing the older players and you're thinking, right, that could that be me? Let's have a look and see. Mm. If that can so, but before kind of Saracen, when you were like 15, 16, what, mm. did you have any kind of aspirations when you were like younger, like what you wanted to be when you're older? Were you kind of, let's say, were you good at education? Were you smart yeah, at school yeah, as well? Yeah, I, I worked very hard. Like, QE Boys was one of the hardest schools to get into at that time. Yeah, it was, yeah. No, I remember I applied, I think I applied for it. I lacked. So, I tried, yeah, I flopped. Yeah, but I've, I'm Nigerian, so very academic, like always trying to push the academics first. So, I, I worked quite hard in school. I wanted to, I was, wanted to be an architect oh, okay, nice. when, I was, when I was younger, so. I was trying to work hard at physics, trying to work hard at, um, at maths, trying to get a little bit of design in there. So, so did you go to college as well? No, no. Oh. When, as soon as sort of rugby came, that sort of went out of my when head a little. Not, a, not straight away, but I was kind of like, I think subconsciously I just thought, right, trying to juggle both of them wasn't really working for me. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah. made a decision just to yeah. focus on one. Yeah. And what was your kind of, once again, you're saying Nigerian, so they, <laughs> they could be very strict, oh, okay, let's just push education, we want you yeah. to just focus on education. Maybe they even knew that rugby wasn't the best playing, yeah. best, best paying uh, sport either. So how was that? How do you deal with that? Yeah. Tell them, look, yo. A bit difficult. I, I didn't think I ever made a decision out loud. Okay. But it was just gradually, in, my, yeah, gradually in my actions. Like, I always still tried very hard at school. I, I went to a, a good sixth form, went to Haleybury um, in Hertfordshire. So what I did was, you study there? I did arts. Jeez, like always. <laughs> I did art, psychology and um, geography. And yeah, I dropped physics after the first year because it's hard. Boy, yeah, it's hard, man. Physics, AS, yeah, so yeah, I got you in physics. Honestly, <laughs> spun my head. So I dropped after the first year, and then yeah, I finished with art, geography, and psychology. So. Maybe. So then, yeah, have you got the support from your parents then since? Kind of, did they always kind of? Oh, did yeah. they see that? Oh, look, you're pretty dedicated to this, and we're gonna be behind. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But the the education's never gone. As in, my mum is still like, because I'm still studying, um, doing a part time course, um. On an online uni, okay. so it's always rugby for now. Focus on that for now, but education is still massive key. for my mom. Like key for my mom, like because I went to Loughborough at eighteen, eighteen to twenty. So I I tried. Did you go? So you went to a uni yeah, at Loughborough? Okay, I wanted yeah, you to choose to study. I studied sports science and management. And they're best. They're known for having the best kind of yeah, sports. Yeah, exactly. Well, so I was yeah fortunate enough to be able to go there. They had a really top um, rugby scheme as well. At the time, so you were able at eighteen years old playing in the national leagues, you don't really get a chance to do that. So being able to do that and couple that up with studying as well, it was a massive opportunity for me. So that's why I played a lot of. I started playing senior rugby there. Um, so yeah, so I I've always been trying to do both at the same time because mm. um, it's always important. And as you but eventually, it will come to a time where one of them. Yeah, does. of course, naturally. Um, one of them will have to take priority, and for me that was rugby. Um, so yeah, cool. Yeah. So that's about. So you're 26 now. Yeah. First started really getting into rugby, 15, 16. Yeah. You're saying it's almost a 10 year career. Yeah. Let's say you played for loads of different teams. So and did you finish university as well, Loughborough? No, you didn't finish. Are oh, you still kind of? Is it ongoing? Still, yeah, I'm still okay. like transfer. I've had to chop and transfer credits over the, over the past like. How the work with student loans? How does that work? Like. Because student loans fucked, man. I mean, yeah, I went to uni, I didn't even get a degree, and I've got like some 40 grand debt. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's like, complicated. Yeah. yeah, I'm still paying off my my student, because at the moment, I think it's pr done privately now. Okay. Because, yeah, getting some help through the rugby club, the rugby player association, and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm still, I still see the student loan deduction every month coming, <laughs> coming out of my page. Yeah, man, it's well. disgusting. Like, I've got a letter. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure, like, a few months ago, the letter said 41 grand. Oh, a year God. later, I've Obviously, been it's paying more. It's just forty three now. I was like, "What do you mean?" Like, so I'm paying it off and it's going up. Like, they're, they're violating, man. They're, they're probably like taking the piss. Yeah. So, I mean, let's go to before we get to music. Let's mm. go to kind of rugby as a sport. And I because it is a pretty popular sport, especially in England as well. It's like it's known for like a more manly lad sport. Um, the attendance of some stadiums are like fifteen to twenty thousand, so there is a crowd for it. You know what I mean? Have you kind of thought over the years about like why it's just not as on the same level as football, let's say, which is equally kind of as manly. I mean, like. yeah, it is. It is a popular sport, and people love to enjoy it. But I, I, I feel like it's, it's a certain type of people mm -hmm. in this country, sort of thing. It's not ex as accessible as I think it is. Um, we were having this discussion over lockdown. It's not as accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. So, like, in certain schools in London, they wouldn't have the facilities or abil or ability to to teach to rugby and, yeah, into, and, yeah. and bring that into. But football's easy. Football, everyone, everyone knows football from as soon as they can walk, sort of thing. And I think it is popular, but it's got nowhere near the sort of financial benefits, revenue, the sh even shirt sales alone, this at the other. It's got good investments, and it's got. Um, I think it's growing. I think mm. it's massively growing. Not even just here, across the world, other countries as well. It's definitely hundred percent growing. Um, it's massive, massive in France, mm. growing in America, Japan, yeah, all that, all those yeah, are growing as well but um yeah we'll see we'll see where it goes yeah because yeah, as i was saying i'm looking at that uh courtney laws courtney law sorry mm -hmm. and then he mentioned that after he finishes rugby he needs to go back to work and like this yeah. guy's played he plays he's played does he yeah, play for england he's exactly. yeah so it's yeah. like this yeah. is the part of the national team so he's thinking it's not it's a career because i'm sure you guys are making enough money to kind of have a living but mm -hmm. it's clearly not as luxurious or 
compared to any of the other sports. And, mm. and it seems like not a rich sport, but you look at like golf and rugby, I see them in kind yeah, of the same yeah, tier, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah, sort of I mean, golf players make racks. At the moment, yeah. So then that's, is that what's probably connected to you actually developing your music career now? Um, Has it been not a, not more, more like, just because you like music and you like, you don't see much longevity in rugby, let's say? Um, or do you? I do, no, I think the music came from literally just, just liking music. Um, yeah, just enjoying it and um, I've always been a person, I don't really speak a lot. So like my friends, my family, I don't really delve into like emotions and, and all that sort pretty of stuff. Pretty quiet guy. I'm just... pretty quiet, like get on with it, something negative happens to me, deal with it, move on, deal with it, move on. And I think some of those emotions that I was dealing with across the years were getting bottled up mm. because they weren't, there was no, there was no outlet. So then I, I found myself writing a lot of poetry um, in my, when I was like 20. So yeah, writing a little bit of poetry. And you've used that. Writing now. thoughts. And if I get a thought, try and rhyme that thought the next week. It literally takes me like three, four months to write one song because I'm not trying to write a song. Okay. I'm literally just collating thoughts in my notes and then seeing, seeing where it gets to. So yeah, my first song was literally a poem of thoughts that I wrote over the space of like, when did you release your first song? It was in 2018, so June 2018. Were you nervous releasing it? Oh, based on you being a reserved guy, like you could have nervous. <laughs> I was saying stuff that, that cause I'm a big guy yeah. as well. Big guy, I'm rugby player, perceived as this hard man, like so, no emotions. And yeah, to some extent, yeah, I, I don't blame people for thinking that because yeah, when it's time to work, when it's time to do certain things, I can be switched on in that regards, but um, yeah, I was saying things that nobody has ever heard me say mm -hmm. or nobody would imagine that I would say because my music is quite introspective and, and it is that outlet for me. So, um, yeah, I was really nervous. How did you do it? Like, were you ever doubting yourself to release it? Were you maybe yeah. saying, you know, like, who helped you maybe push yourself? Like, I wrote it a year before it was released. Like, I finished writing it. So you were thinking for the whole time? The whole time. I was just playing it to myself because I, I, I wrote what I liked. Mm -hmm. So I just was enjoying it. I was just playing it to myself. Then I think it was around March time I started playing it to other people in my team. They were like, what? I, I would listen to this. I was That's like, oh, you're lying, you're lying. I was, but everyone, everyone, I didn't get one bad feedback. I know maybe some people were trying to be nice people. But genuinely, but I, genuinely feedback was good. So I thought, you know what? Let me just put it out there. You've broken the seal, yeah, that kind of thing. Let me so. just put it out there. Because so, these people closest to me are, are the people whose opinions would matter the most. And mm. if they like it, Let's see where it goes. Oh, let's see. How many songs have you released since that? Since 2018? I've got, yeah, I've been slapping on it. I've got about four singles out right now. So that's about two a year or whatever. But I've just finished an EP, which is I'm hoping to release in November time. Mm. So I've got a single coming out on the 27th of October. And then that'll be the main single off the EP. And then I'll put an EP out and then start working. Working more with that, really. So is it pretty like hard to maybe find the time, or are you just doing it as soon as you're gonna kind of wind down during rugby? Like obviously rugby, you're, you're a professional athlete. Do you know what I mean? I can imagine there's a lot of, yeah, you're working like a footballer almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just day in day out training. There's not much time to really party or chill. Or no, so do you just find the time, or just like throughout evenings you write a little bit and you're just doing it bit by bit? Literally spot on. That's exactly what it is. Like I just, if I get a little bit of downtime, I'll write something. If I'm driving sometimes that's why your voice notes app mm. amazing sometimes <laughs> i'll just be walking i'll just be speaking to myself and it's just about getting ideas i never ha really have enough time to like say some people will book out a studio for 10 hours mm. and sitting down churn out <laughs> i can't i can't really do that i go yeah. training every day so yeah it was almost just day by day yeah day much. by day right two lines a day and yeah some songs come quicker than others um the deeper more like introspective more um emotional ones take a bit longer because I'm actually talking about actually me. Mm. So have you had any negative feedback let's say? Have oh. you had any negative vibes or like people I don't know like have you read any comments maybe somewhere or people like people always say like, like I, yeah I don't, I don't think people will say directly but people always say oh you should make a song like this. Okay. <laughs> so um, <laughs> like they're like I like it but, but I'd like to hear a song like this. Yeah. I think that's indirectly saying this is a bit too boring for me. Mm. People want me to make like some people are asking for like club bangers or like songs for the mandem and stuff like that. Mm. But I'm just making what I make. I didn't I didn't start writing for anybody's approval. I didn't say right. I need to make money or right. I want to be famous and then you make music. I was literally just like right. I'm thinking this. It was all for me. Mm. So I find getting your thoughts. On yeah. The so I find it difficult when people are saying. And I suppose they, it's coming from a good place because they enjoy my music and they just want to hear more that they can mm. enjoy. But yeah people are like oh this is nice 
But I think it's something like this. So have you ever like kind of sat and visualized or get carried away in your thoughts and imagine yourself being like a proper music artist in the future? Have you ever kind of envisioned yourself being on stage maybe down the line? Or massively all the time. I think. I think. Yeah, because I make music that I would like to listen to. So I said this to my friends. I would like to be. I would like to have an artist like me that mm. I could listen to and I'd buy, I'd buy their tickets, I'd buy their merch, I'd go and see them. So obviously every time you're writing and every time you write something that you think is sick, you you do envision that. I think it's important, anything you are doing in your life, um, you should envision yourself being mm. great at it and being being one of the best at it. So every time I write a song, every song I write, I think is the best song in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and then I write another song and I look back a month and I'm like, that song's trash. Mm. And then, oh, this song's crazy. Do you ever but show I mean, people your music like during the process as well to get their feedback? I try on? not to, okay. because that can, throw you, off. That can throw you off, man. If, yeah. if you have the best song in your head and then you play it. Someone's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You know when you get the orcs in the car? <laughs> no one's, no one's bothering so, yeah, you. Yeah. Like, oh, damn, so you just kind of avoid sharing it. You avoid until it's done. I show them the finished article. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, it's, it's a learning stage. It's a learning process, isn't it? You've been doing this for a few years. Mm. So you're going to be kind of changing and kind of adapting with the times Massively. as you go. So that's, I mean, we've got pretty deep into music before we can get deep, in, deep into rugby. I mean, like, you've done rugby for 10 years. Yeah. It's a, been a massive part of your life. What's kind of been, like, the biggest highlights? Let's say you played for England under 18, yeah, under 20s. England under 18, under 20s. Won the Junior World Cup in New Zealand, which was oh, pretty nice. good. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Like, I'm still friends with few of the boys from that team um, making my premiership debut I actually made my premiership debut at Wembley Stadium oh man so, literally yeah, down the road there have a, a game I think it's one, one big whatever I can't remember how what, how it works but every year they have a massive game and oh was, was your, was your was premiership debut for the Wasps yeah. no no for oh. Saracen okay cool okay. so yeah that was um, at Wembley sold out um, oh. 80 whatever thousand 82 so, probably I think yeah, yeah so that was that was a pretty amazing day for me did your parents come as well? <laughs> yeah, they were there. So, yeah, it was an amazing day for me, especially that being my boyhood club and that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah. one of your big, biggest highlights? Yeah, that's one of my biggest highlights. I think I, think I find highlights in, in everything. In every season, I think I find highlights because for me, rugby is massively about the people around you. You could be the best player in the world, but if you're playing for a, a team that doesn't value you or a team that you don't feel comfortable in, you won't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I think at the moment I'm at a team where the enjoyment factor is just through the roof and like everyone feels like everyone's brothers and I feel oh, like family, family. Yeah, family and we're coming to the business end of the season now where we're second in the league. Oh so, mad. Yeah, when does so, the season finish? Um two more games. Oh mad. So I think you win you finish first. Yeah, there's the rugby, there's playoffs, so top four at the end of the standings play a semi final and final. So first plays fourth, second place third. Who's first? And then first uh, Exeter. Okay. Exeter have been leading. Do you know who's favourites? If you're looking for the bookies kind of there, are you guys favourites or are they favourites? It'll probably be Exeter because they, they've been 18 whatever points clear for a while. So how many points so are you guys off them now? We can't, we can't catch them. Oh really? We can't catch them. Oh, but you said it's going to go to the playoffs then, yeah, so you have a chance. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, there's a semi final final, so anything can happen. You can come fourth and win it. Oh man. So we've, we've got a nice roll of momentum now coming since, since about, um, since the start of the year really. Stuff started changing for us. We've got a nice bit of momentum. We've got some great, um, great results on our side. So it's feeling good, like in our camp. So how was lockdown for you guys? Were you guys were they still? You were saying earlier they didn't make you train. It was like a no, holiday. And initially, initially it was um, initially it was a bit tough because as I said we were picking up this momentum. We were getting some nice wins, and then they all said, right, you can't you can't leave your house. You can't train together. So yeah, the month of like. March, April, nothing, no contact together. That we, we spoke on WhatsApp or whatever. Tried to do some skills, <laughs> send your videos in of you throwing tennis balls against the wall and stuff like that. So there was, we tried to like keep momentum yeah. going, but it was weird because the government was just like, okay, now we'll have another two weeks of lockdown. Okay, another two. So mm-hmm. there was no real ability to sort of plan when we're coming back. Mm-hmm. So it was just like at the start trying to keep us motivated, trying to like sending us exercise plans and all that sort of stuff. It must and be hard for them to try and motivate well, sportsmen, sports stars honestly. while they're at home. When you physically it's, can't get them to like run into that or do yeah, this or do that. Hard. Yeah, so, and then it got to a point where they were just like, right, okay, we'll stop sending you guys and stuff. Um, let's just wait for the government announcement, I think. Came about July, maybe? You went Early back, July, yeah. we were back in in social distance, four or five people, which was still really, really weird. 
Um, we're still having to like, wear masks in the gym and not have more than that. What did it feel like your first training session back? When you, did it feel like you're back home? Did it feel nice? Or? It felt nice in my mind, but not in my body. Because <laughs> I don't like running right. So, yeah, I'm not a runner. So, I couldn't do these road runs oh, gosh. around the I need the physical the physical aspect, the physical mm. side of rugby. And that's hard to so sort of replicate by yourself. So, I... Kind of slacked a little bit over the, <laughs> over the lockdown, but I came back a little bit heavy out of shape. So, yeah, because there was an article I saw as well where you were 143 kg. Oh, yeah, I was. You were like, the, uh, I think the Telegraph said it, it was you were the heaviest premiership player yeah, of all time. Yeah, I was at one point. Boy, like, you're 120 kg now, aren't you? No, I'm like, I'm like 130, okay. 133 or something like that. Oh, you're way more shredded now than yeah, like before, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, my, my body composition. Did you have to, or because? I mean, is it because it went in the headlines? Do you feel like, oh shit, I need to shred now? Or did you want to cut yourself? Or like, um, I feel like it was just dead weight. Like, I was completely, you didn't out, need it. completely out of shape. Like, couldn't couldn't last a half of rugby. Well, I could last a half of rugby, but about whether my impact would be, whether I'd be a benefit to the team or just mm. in the team. Because I'm a sort of player. Like, I like and did you make that decision yourself? Did you, like, um, think, or like, was it kind of coaches? And obviously, like, yeah, but nobody actually. Because I was still getting picked and played at 143. Yeah, so nobody okay. said, this is bad, like, don't do it. They said, ideally, we'd like you to weigh less, but it's not the end of the world sort of thing. But um, So, yeah, I think I w- worked closely with a couple of the trainers um, at Worcester, and I was just like, right, I need to... I said to myself, obviously, I need to get this down. It's not helping me. It's not helping my appearance. It's not helping my health. It's not helping my contribution to the game. Um, so, yeah. Shredded it. I've tried, I've tried my best. I've been flu- I've, I've been fluctuating, been fluctuating up and down. But like you look like in sick shape now. Like before, like, I remember you were big, like you're a big guy. <laughs> and then I've seen pictures of like you in the water. I was like you're like mm. the rock now. Like well, but yeah, I mean like yeah, you look yeah. shredded and kind of like healthy, bulky now, which yeah. um, makes you probably easier on your feet as well. Probably yeah, lighter on your feet as well. You're saying you naturally weren't really a yeah. running kind of guy, so no. it probably helped that a little bit. Yeah, my my sort of game is like a power game. Like how much can you deadlift? I don't really deadlift. Squat. Squat. I think I use that trap bar deadlift. You the one at the sides. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. how much you deadlift quite a bit on that? Like 240, 250. Yeah. And you weigh 130. <laughs> yeah. But I like bench. Bench is my How much can you bench? Bench like 230. Woo! And how many reps? Yeah. Not for one. For oh, one. for one. But yeah, that's my thing. I love benching. Jeez, 230. But, yeah, I think it just sub- subconsciously came from, right, if I want to do, if I want to do something athletic, I can't. I'll never beat these guys in the fitness test. Mm. Let me find something which I'll be really good at. No one else will beat me at. So, so yeah, I've been, I think when I was younger, especially at Loughborough, the gym facilities there are crazy. crazy. So I spent, I was in the gym two days a week. I mean, two times a day. (laughs) And how much are you eating as well these times? Well, varies on a, on a hard working day. Probably trying to, you're probably getting for about 5,000, 6,000 calories spread over about three, yeah, three big meals, couple snacks. And yeah. And what's your favourite meal? I think I saw in an interview it was chicken wings you said this right? I do oh, I love chicken any type of chicken wings, whether they're baked, fried. Yeah, I mean I love chicken wings. <laughs> but at the moment I'm loving I'm loving Italian at the moment. I swear. So yeah, I'm loving I'm spaghetti and pasta. I'm loving a good pizza, good pasta. Do you have any, I mean do rugby players really have cheap meals? Oh yeah. Do you yeah, you have cheap meals? All the time. What's your cheap what's your biggest cheap all meal? The time. I think a dirty burger. Mm. Yeah. Five guys kind of burger or even yeah, dirty like, than that. I mean to meet me, me like a before. No, I haven't. You their wings slap as well. So their burger slap and their wings slap. Shake Shack, I like Shake Shack. Yeah, Shake Shack. Now Shake Shack's not as dirty though. It's not as cheesy and like. Yeah. It's a bit like there's lettuce and tomato. It's a bit neat. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm thinking like dirty and the foil when they give you kitchen roll to eat. Oh, I love those. Like, I need to find the good ones. Go to meat liquor, man. Definitely go to meat liquor. You like it because if you like wings as well. One time I went like and a shake. Oh, What's your warm milkshake you go for? If there's Oreo on it. I'll get Oreo, Biscoff, all those, all those types I'm of things. I'm a peanut butter and coconut. Really? Oh. Coconut? Boy, do you like Bounty? Yeah, I love Bounty. Okay, like, Bounty is bare stick, man. Everyone cusses Bounty on social media. Yeah, Bounty and peanut butter slaps. Really? Oh. Together in the... Bro, in yeah, give it a try. If you like, do you like peanut butter? Yeah. Yeah, give it... Okay, yeah, but I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like peanut butter, innit? So, yeah. but no, yeah, it, it, it slaps definitely that one. Definitely try that, but definitely yeah. go to meat liquor as well, man. You, you'll love their day. But I remember I went in 2016, and while you're queuing up, mm. that one time the queue was like two hours. What? And we wanted to wait because it was the first time. Yeah. But I don't think it's two hours now. 
But um, while we were queuing, they brought food out for us. Like they bring like onion rings and like different oh, dips. Nice. What a nice yeah, trust. So that was pretty wavy. But I think there's one in um, Oxford Street behind Debenhams, and there's another one in Covent Garden. <coughs> well, yeah, cool. So rugby career. What's kind of what, what have you learned the most about yourself? You've obviously touched on it being a team sport. Oh, what a goal! Um, about being a team sport, and, mm-hmm. and you kind of like that aspect of yeah, it as well. What have you learned the most about yourself? What kind of adversity have you faced? Have you oh, kind of I've conquered? faced hella adversity. Like, as we, we spoke about, I've, I've left teams. Like, I've been at about four different teams, but none of that was... Okay, maybe I, it was a bit to do with my own choice, but some of that is out of my hands. But then it's about dealing with... If you get a, bat, if you get a, a setback like that, it's about not letting it, not letting it affect you in, in however best way you can, because... If a season finishes in like April, May, and you're not at that team, you've got to start again in July somewhere mm. else with a fresh mind. You've got to hit the ground running. No time to sit so there. There's no the time phone. to sit about to do your phone and feel sorry for yourself. So, yeah, I think I've sort of learned that I'm a little bit um, more resilient than I than I thought, or that I'd like to give myself props about because yeah, I had a I had a massive health scare when I left Worcester, so I had blood clots in my lungs. Oh man! So yeah, I had blood clots in my lungs. How many years ago was this? This was just before going to Wasps, so this was about, I want to say two years ago now. Wow. So yeah, I had blood clots in my, 80% of my lungs were clotted up, whole right leg clotted up. I only found out, I had a cough and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't finish fitness test, but I said I, w- I wasn't a runner anyway. So you're thinking, oh yeah, I'm fit. I was 140 whatever kilos, so I thought, oh, I'm just unfit right now. But yeah, I went to the hospital, they did a scan, they said, bro, they literally chucked me in the wheelchair straight away. They said, you could have not woken up any of these days, like you could walk to the toilet and collapse right now. I said, "Yo, Jesus is on my side." Like, so that was a massive setback. And why? Because, where did this? Well, for such a you're you're obviously a sports star. Like, how are you getting some mad blood clot like that? They said it originates in your leg, so it have to originate in your leg. But then if you don't treat it, if it's not treated, or if it doesn't, because your body naturally breaks down clots. But mm. if it doesn't, if it's clotting fast and it's breaking it down, it's just building. And if you don't know it's happening, it will just build and build and then break off and then go to your lungs but obviously they said one of the saving graces was that I am a professional athlete so I'm using the system every mm. single day and I'm strengthening it like there was like the one thing the doctor said to me that struck me my girlfriend at the time was with me there one thing that struck me he was like we don't see this until post-mortem like we, we don't you yes. don't get the luxury what happens is someone doesn't wake up and then then they look at it and then they look at it oh that's why you don't see it until post-mortem so he was like it must be like God, God was on your side that boy. Yeah, thankfully, you're somewhat athletic and and trying. So that was a massive setback because I was meant to go to France and play for a team out of France. I had a nice contract there, but and yeah, then that stopped it completely. They said because when when they didn't know what the cause was, they said you might have to just stop sport. You might have to be on blood thinners for the rest Too of your life. Too much uncertainty, yeah. Like, we can't. For the rest of your life, we don't know. So then I spent the whole summer doing tests, like finding out is it hereditary. That must have annoyed you a lot, man. Like oh. you planning to go to France, have a career Absolutely. there, live there, and that's just being stopped like all last minute. Yeah, and while you're on blood thinners, you can't play any contact sport because if you get any any um, physical hit and you'll just because your blood's so thin, it doesn't it doesn't allow it to clot, so you'll just bleed out or right. get bruised. So like, yeah, you can't play sport. And I was like, wow. And My life's <laughs> rattling right now. Everything like... rattling, but um, yeah, so I've had to overcome that. Um, yeah, it's still got its ongoing things that because it put honestly, I could go on forever about this. It put so much strain on my heart because obviously the blood's going around, but it's not being able to come back in. So then, one side of your heart, the ventricles are just trying to grab the blood. Not nice. honestly. So, well, so, yeah, yeah I'm I'm good now, thankfully. But um, it's just things like that. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's taking a lot of mental strength to yeah. get over that because you can start doubting yourself like well maybe my body's not fit for rugby now. maybe I could just stop maybe I should stop mm. but you push through at you least not getting the, the French contract as well that could have annoyed you and put mm. you down as well but like, you know what I don't really yeah. want to do this anymore so two years later you're still playing for Wasp now in seconds yeah and I, I like Wasp are, help, are helpful with everything to do with my career like they, I feel like I'm at a place where I can just work hard but I don't spend a lot of time to just sit down and reflect on my career so mm. far and what on potentially my strengths as a person and my transferable strengths out into the into the wider world. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, rugby's taught me a, a lot about myself. And but it's a, it's a, it's a sport where you do stay humble. You think next job, mm. you think right. Let me get my head down. You don't really sit back and think, hold on, I'm actually I'm actually doing all right. Mm. And I think that, that might not even just be something to do with rugby. That might be with men 
in our, our generation also there's always something better we can do yeah so definitely just give ourselves sit back you're doing fine bro that's true you know that's what I mean? true yeah yeah especially the man you're saying mm. constantly keep pushing ourselves constantly. and not really satisfied and actually look back on your life and like you know what i'm actually yeah. doing all right like yeah, let's, exactly. let's slow down and actually <laughs> take a breather for a second exactly like. interesting man that's interesting for sure so massive kind of health setback mm. two years ago and then now we're fast forward into now i mm. mean did uh lockdown because you weren't going into uh, the kind of training as much, did you have a chance to do more music? You, oh, you yeah. had a lot more time to. Yeah, have, a lot more and time is that what helped you uh, be able to release the EP now? Massively, yeah. So I was writing a little bit in lockdown, and everybody, every time I release something, people are like, oh, we need more, we need more. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, chill out. This is, I'm a rugby player. Like, I've got training at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Like, I can't be thinking about writing. But yeah, I had a lot of time to reflect, write by myself. And then I actually got put in touch with, with this producer, his name's Leo. He went to school with one of my close rugby friends. And he said, yo, my friend, he went, he did a master's in Abbey Road. He knows music, he oh, loves nice. music. He makes beats. And he reached out to you? Yeah, he mm-hmm. makes beats and he, he doesn't put them out. He's just like, he just makes beats for fun. I listened, he sent me a beat pack. I said, yo, I'm jumping let's, let's work, let's work. So then, yeah, once lockdown started easing and you were allowed one person in your house, I went to his house, he had a little mic set up. He started writing, making some more music and really working on my pen a little bit because I said I got four songs out. Those are the only four songs I've ever written. So like, I don't write music and have a backlog. Mm. I just write something and release it. Mm. And that might be like once every six months. So I started working on my pen, working on writing techniques, working on like melodies and all that stuff and trying to push myself there musically. So yeah, so Leo's been a massive help. And we've been working together since, yeah, through lockdown, just trying to, was your first studio session with him when you shy? Yeah, yeah, once again. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not really an artist. Right. Like, I'm not a musician. Like this guy's this putting guy his time, music, yeah. Honestly, like... he can play instruments for days. He just like will just bring out a flute, to start <laughs> bring out a trumpet. You know what I mean? Get a guitar, like a piano. So I'm like, this guy knows music, and I'm coming here with my dusty, dusty voice, like, <laughs> trying try to sing and talk about girls. And so I was hella nervous, but. Um, yeah, we've come a long way, like, now I'm singing, I'm singing quite a bit, I'm experimenting mm. and, and doing different stuff, so I can't wait for people to hear this new music, but yeah, lockdown. So you can't be doing some concerts as well, oh, shout bro, I'm trying, I want to, yeah. Next so year, you're saying, you just, you just touched on that, you love your music on girls. Mm. <laughs> I just find women interesting, you know, mm. I just, I'm just interested in them, like, how they act, how they how they relate to one another, how they relate to guys, and every every my, everyone in my encounters with a woman. I don't know, I'm quite a deep person. I don't know if you're into star signs or whatever, but I'm a Pisces. Okay. So naturally, I'm very deep, emotional. Oh. So you I look into things like, Yeah, I'm deep. like, if I'm in something, I'm in it, and I'm actually trying to like pick this apart and actually find the root of someone, because some people don't actually like themselves, you mm. know? And then, I'm trying to find. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find out why. I'm just trying to say, look, you've got loads of things. And you study psychology at you. Yeah, as well. at A level. Yeah, so I'm just into people, because I, I don't know how it is, but I'm into people and interpersonal relationships and sort of stuff. And I find that I learn so much after every girl I meet. I learn so much, and they affect me like a lot. Mm. Like I can reflect on everything. I can after not in it in it i'm not always the best because mm. of my communication so you know i bottle everything up so in relationships i'm not always the best but afterwards i can reflect like hell and i'm like oh and i can yeah and Interesting. yeah so people just amaze me mainly well guys too but i think for music every time a beat comes on that hits a certain note i'm always thinking of <laughs> i could relate that to a, a certain encounter mm. sort of thing maybe that's cool where do you think that that kind of maybe, how do we word it? That maybe intellect or that kind of passion for for the, the women's all kind of thinking. Trust. I mean, how do I word it? Like you're being intrigued mm. or about your understanding of women. Do you think mm. you you might have, do you have a good relationship with your mother? Like, yeah, good relationship. I saw one of your pictures. Like, oh yeah. If my wife don't look like this at 53, I don't want to hear about something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, I'm real close. My dad actually passed away when I was like two years old oh wow so yeah it's actually the anniversary this weekend so and there's not been another man in my house as in it's literally me my mom my sister my cousin came came over from nigeria when she was 16 just to help us out around the house this that the other but it's literally just been us so i've been in a house full of women my whole life you so had to maybe, be like the man of the house as well yeah you yeah, had to yeah from a young age 
even though I didn't want to sort of admit that because it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Mm. I just see it as it's just life. It's just normal. It's just normal. It's just life. I don't want to really like overthink it. Mm. So um, yeah, I've been I've grew up with just me and women in, in my household. So I don't know whether subconsciously definitely yeah that must do because yeah my mom is yeah she's my rock like mm. my mom and I, everything it's funny though because now that i get older and because before it's still your mom and then you're here but as i get older kind of. it's kind of like i can teach her some things mm. and you know what i mean and she can sit down and listen to me and ask me for advice on some things so i'm starting to see aspects of her that i just see you forget your mom when your mom's that big in your life you forget that your mom is just a, a female also. So I see her as a superhero. But when you're but older, when you're like, like, also human. They're she's, human she's as well. She's human. She's a female. Like the same way that one girl might just not sp- not not speak to me or not tell me what she wants to do for the weekend. That's the same way my mom would be like, <laughs> like <laughs> not tell me or, or not talk to me if the if the bins aren't brought in this or the other. But it's the same. But I so like yeah, as I'm getting older, I'm, we're getting closer. And yeah, so maybe that has something to do with it. Interesting, man. Man of the house. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. That's jokes. Um, another thing I thought about rugby as well. Um, I, I personally see growing up mm. as a white man's sport. Let's oh, put yeah. it that way. Like, that's just straight off the facts. That's not, not shrink going in. Like, how I see I see golf as a white man's sport. I mm. see rugby as a white man's sport. Polo. I mean, how has it been for yourself as a black guy kind of doing it for 10 years like you, even when you were 15, 16 were you mm. kind of the only black guy QE boys doing it was it pretty diverse back then has it been less diverse as you progress in your career mm. um, yeah I think rugby is sort of inherently uh, an upper class mm. sport sort of because it's only in certain schools private schools really good grammar schools sort of thing so I think that's where I think that's kind of where it stems from in, in, in this sort of day and age like it's not the fact that black people don't like rugby, it's the fact that black people aren't exposed to that much rugby so sort of thing. So so I think the issue is literally just with the exposure of the sport because if the sport just stays in where it is, it's not gonna be able to change it's not gonna be able to change. So mm. I think it needs to be able to reach reach all the schools, reach all the secondary schools, obviously it needs the resources to do that. But I don't see that changing and and, and it, the only way we can change it and get more representation and more kids thinking, more kids, kids need to be able to see someone on the screen that looks like them mm-hmm. and say, in order for them to say, yo, I want to be like that. that one, yeah. um, there's very few. Um, like even me from the top, outside looking in, you looking at rugby, I can't think of it. Mm, in top flight uh, rugby. Johnny yeah. Wilkinson's the only person I think of. Like, I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, a very yeah. amateur kind of. Uh, yeah, no, that guy's like, oh, right. yeah, that's a pain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's someone to look up to. Like, yeah. yeah, you need somebody to look up to. And I think as kids, it's, you're very simple. Like if you see somebody that you like, that looks like you, you aspire to be more like them. If, if all the people that look like you are doing football or music, then that's where you're gonna, mm. that's where you Do you think gonna... your son will get into rugby? Oh. People look at the size of his dad and be like, oh <laughs> Hopefully, shit. yeah, I wanna be a good role model. I wanna be a good role model, I wanna be, it's crazy to think about it that way, but you will be someone's role model. Even now, you'll be mm. someone's role model. Um, someone's looking at you, um, whether you like it or not, whether you know it, I think. Yeah. It'll take some sort of inspiration. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's important to have re- that representation. And I think it's definitely growing in rugby. And we've had some conversations over the lockdown, obviously, um, with all the black life injustice that, that happened, sadly, over during the lockdown, mm. um, over the pandemic and sort of stuff. I think there's a huge, huge growth in awareness and huge growth in clubs actually wanting to help and wanting to... Because nobody noticed, obviously, the disparity wasn't like straight in your face. Obviously, it was always there, mm-hmm. but nobody was kicking off about it, and nobody until until this year. and then everybody. I think every in- institution looked into themselves, saying, "Shit, what can we do now? Now that we know, we can't ignore this now. It's all over the world. Everyone knows that about white privilege. Everyone knows about black people suffering about." Pay, pay gaps about you know what I mean families housing all, say all the social injustices yeah. opportunities everything let's do something about it now and I think the the response from rugby from my club massively you've like, seen it oh massively and I've been so proud how many kind of non-white players are there in your team let's say, there's a few it? I think WASP have the most out of out of every club I think there's there's literally about 
six or seven, mm-hmm. and that's out of a squad of forty-five or something. But that's huge for mm-hmm. uh, for a rugby squad. Rugby squad is, is we probably have two or three, mm-hmm. two or three black people um, on average. Um, so yeah, the response from the league, the response from the people to sort of say, right, how do we change this now? How do we get the sport more inclusive? How do we how do we balance out um, all the disparities that have been caused, maybe directly or indirectly due to race or social class or all, all those sort of things. So, so you've yeah, seen that at your yeah, massively. So I'm, I'm happy with the direction it's going in. So. I mean, you touched on, but you haven't faced any sort of racism in rugby, kind of on the pitch. Not or overtly, like yeah. nobody's come and called me. Uh, I'm sure people have fought stuff or- But you've never like, yet. I've yeah, heard this. certain <laughs> things have been happening to me based off because you're saying you're talking about your old clubs, but you you left some of them. It was out of kind of your control. Yeah. And some of the adversity you faced. Yeah. Or some of the reasons. No, that's just like just career, like just yeah, team like if if they don't feel like you're playing well enough, or like there's your counterparts are playing better than you, um, or there's not enough salary cap space for you, mm-hmm. um, sort of thing. So just little things. Um, yeah. So that those are the main reasons. Um, I mean, um, yeah. racism kind of outside of. Rugby, have you faced? Because you're a big guy. I mean, who's been yeah. racist to you? That's what I'm saying. Like, who's trying? Yeah. Who's, who's brave enough? Um, to yeah. But have you? I mean, you might have not. Yeah. I mean, like you went to QE Boys as well. Once mm. again, like this could be an ignorant kind of perspective. But mm. I saw QE Boys as a white school again. Like mm. once again, you went there, so you might not see it as a different way. But like from different secondary schools, if you walk past a school, you see them. Like, I saw that school as like a white school. Let's right. say you might look at other schools like my one, CCF, Bishop Douglas, mm. loads of Indians, Pakistanis, and Somalians. It wasn't mm. really a white school. So like even back then, like from let's say secondary school in your life, have you faced much of it? Before? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, too. and not every, the sad thing about it is not everything came through me. So a lot of it came through parents. Even as my mom got the brute, brute really. Of, oh, my mom didn't tell me until I was older because teachers would just disrespect her. Being a single single black mom, teachers would say to her face, "Your son." It's not good enough for this. It's not good enough. I meanwhile, why would I not be good enough? My grades are fine. Teachers are saying, yeah, he's not going to amount to much. Oh, were there many black kids in your year? Yeah, I have black friends. Yeah. Like, cause you, but the thing is, you always feel like there are more because all the black kids hang around together. Yeah. So you feel that's all you see. So but when you actually look I at it, when you actually it. look at it, um, probably not. Um, but yeah, um, throughout, throughout all school, in my, 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 oh, my mom face. A lot, like people were disrespecting her all the time because of me. I was a playful kid, but I was never disrespectful or harmful. Mm. So, but I think teachers, some teachers, not everyone. I'm not blaming any school or, or like body, but individuals within them. Yeah, they didn't like me for whatever reason, <laughs> um, and I never got that because I was. So you kid, and you're young. I'm a kid. Yeah, so I never understood like if. If I get suspended for a haircut, I wouldn't. I think, oh man, it's my fault. My yeah, you but wouldn't really, think about they that put the that rule in place because it only really affects black kids. Mm. Because no, what other kids go and get a skin? Face. And did you get banned from school? Yeah, like, hella, hella times. Mad. <laughs> hella times, like. And yeah, as you're saying, back when you're younger, you didn't think anything of it. You didn't think it was a race way. You don't think anything of it. You just think, oh, I'm unlucky. Like if you and your friends, or you you and your white friends are doing the same thing. And then you get in more trouble for each other. Oh, I'm just unlucky. Mm. Meanwhile, my mom trying to tell me, B, you got to buck up your ideas, work twice as hard as people. And I'm thinking, she's just giving me regular mom chat. Mm. Like, she's just talking, she's just worried. Until I got older, and I actually had the chat with her, like, I think it was a few months ago. I was like, mom, honestly, I don't know how you've done it because I'm seeing things that you saw and you saw while having to raise two kids work and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how are you dealing, how did you have to deal with that? I'm just responsible for myself right now. <laughs> like, and I, it's a bit overwhelming for me. So yeah, it's definitely, job, yeah, yeah, not easy at all, man. Not easy at all. So growing up through that, um, only realizing later, um, looking back, but I think, again, people have gone back to those institutions, those schools, especially, I know definitely for a fact, I was emailed about something to take forward to QE boys to sort of address address any any race issues um going on there um i'm not sure well recently what's, yeah literally oh, over over lockdown they invite you to go to school and actually no as in the the black students teamed up made a group and sort of said right we're gonna 
go to the school with a spokesperson oh, nice. and sort of address what's going on because then people are telling their stories and then a guy from like three years before me or after me is saying the same things happening mm-hmm. to me that him that happened to him to me meanwhile i was just a kid i thought oh i'm just unlucky you mm-hmm. know i'm just but um yeah there were there was attempts to try and keep black boys in a certain place um whether it was i don't think it was a a statement made to do this mm. but it was definitely clear that yeah the black boys had to work a lot harder and had to do a lot more oh yeah had to do a lot more like even someone that's I, I'm, I mean I'm not black but I'm an ethnic minority like even being an Iranian myself mm. you do have to work twice as hard yeah. you do and like people like there's certain parts I might even put into this but even my girlfriend always wants me to grow my beard she, my girlfriend loves me with my beard really? she literally loves it like but I was like you know what my office is just full of white guys. Mm. You might think that it's not that deep, but it's very deep in having a beard, man. They might look at me and the first thing in their head, yeah. even subconsciously, they might think terrorist. And that's, and that's, that's a straight, straight fact. I know it's unfortunate. I know it's like, oh, we don't want to think that way. And I don't mm. think that way. I'm just like, I'm, life's a game, man. You've got to play mm. the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 will, it will stunt my growth in the corporate world if I walk around with a beard. Yeah, and that's, that's just a straight fact. But that's what we need to change, though. Like, Trust. You, the fact that you growing up, that's just an inherent thought for you like you don't you don't think you're thinking about it you're just like that's just life but it shouldn't be no, yeah we you shouldn't know what i mean but um Girls yeah, like, yeah it's man that's just yeah it's it's it's, it's a techie one but like Girls yeah like that, but this yeah. year this year has been a massive changing point for the world so yeah man, like huge as you're saying it's people can't ignore it now like it's there you like, do. <laughs> you're you're you're, yeah, you're, racist. you're, 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 you're racist. sorry big man <laughs> yeah it's you're mad because yeah what's going on in america is just it's just wild man like yeah, Sadly. it's absolutely like what England sees is nothing compared to like what what goes on in America, man. Mm-hmm. Like America is wild. I mean, have you ever faced any kind of mad things with police in the UK or anything mad? You don't. You wouldn't have to. I mean, don't I have know, to, yeah, like, I think it's just a. Uh, it's all subjective, really, because I find like if I'm stopped for anything, I find that mad. Like mm-hmm. whether I'm being beaten up or or like being shouted at or being abused, I think. That prejudice enough, because me know, because I know me. I walk around. I'm not doing anything wrong, but the fact that somebody has seen you and thought, "Let me harass you," literally just because you're black, I I find that mad, and I, I get I get angry. Um, so whether you can you can't really compare different people's experiences um, with race or with anything in the UK, but um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, race is a mad one, man. I mean, like the whole. It, yeah, it's it's wild when you think about it. When you mm. actually sit back and deep it, mm. it's just insecurities, man. That's why I think about it. Like why, like these guys are just like they, 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 some of them are jealous of black people, man. More time, <laughs> they're just I, I like they're talented. I, I mean, how people want to think about it, I think all humanity came from Africa. Mm. Some people, white people, don't want, they don't even want to believe that. Like you know what I mean? It's just like straight facts, bro. Like yeah. so, it's just like, I find it so mad. Like, you be racist to like the origins of humans. Like so much beauty has come from Africa, oh, so even. Even space exploration, like I don't know if you've seen the movie Hidden Talent, Hidden mm-hmm. what's it called, um, Hidden Talents or something. Hidden figures, yeah, but it's like those uh, four uh, black women that worked for NASA. Yes, and they, they helped yes. NASA get to space. But using they had their to them in the bunker. They weren't allowed to use the toilet. They weren't. Uh, bro, and but then these are the people that. Are and then I'm watching Elon space. Musk's Tesla, uh, SpaceX. They're looking at the space station. It's a room full of bare heads. There's not one black person there. I'm like. Are you like, I'm sure there's some smart black guys out there, man, or black women out there that can do what you guys are doing. Why are they not there? These guys help start. So it's just, yeah, yeah it's wild, man. I mean, yeah. when I, I mean, recently missed the sort of thing, what movie is it? The Banker? Have you seen I haven't seen that, no. Bro, that's a great movie. It's also about, there was a smart um, retail, um, sort of, what is it? Re- real estate investor. Mm. He was black, though, but he knew everything. He knew how to flip, he wanted to build his own banks. So he knew how to flip properties, this, that, the other. He couldn't walk into a bank and ask for a loan because he was black. So he had to he had to hire a white guy to go do it for him. And he taught him everything. He was literally obviously this was before you could have like bugs in your ear. Mm. But he taught him everything. He gave him a script to go to the bank <laughs> to get his loan, and they had to do that. Just but do he, something where he should have been able to do it himself. And, and they, they, yeah, they became very successful in America. I mean, you should watch the bank. Honestly, it's, it's Never a great film, it. but it's like he literally. Who plays him. the main guy? Oh, I don't know. You'll know when you see him though. But yeah, he had, literally had to teach a script, um, <laughs> teach a script so they could get their loan. Just so literally you could legitimate because he had the money, he had the, he had the now. See, he he knew what he was doing, 
but just this black skin couldn't get a loan in a bank. Literally ancient stigmas just to try and keep people suppressed, like saying that your black hair looks unkempt or untidy when it's messy, when dull, it's the like, way that your hair grows. I'm pretty like, sure head and shoulders on an advert saying, yeah, 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 dull, dull, yeah, dull yeah, advert. Like, like, like it was a dull, dry, brittle hair <laughs> and the blonde hair was nice. And, so what? Yeah. Apparently, even blue eyes and blonde hair is a mutation. It's a genetic mutation. That's yeah. how people have blue eyes. So the original color of what human eyes are, brown. Mm. Anything after that's a genetic mutation. So more time you either have mutated, you X Men flex, man. Like <laughs> coming out on some dull hair tape. So, well, this year, I mean, that one can get heated, can get angry. I mean, I've spoken to people, and it's mad because I've heard the closest people around me talk about black people and they forget that I've got a black girlfriend, I've got black sisters oh. and they sometimes feel comfortable talking their mind around me mm. and I find it mad because you just see people's true colours like oh. even like they wouldn't speak like that in front of a black person yeah, because I'm not black I've been, Bro. I've been interested about like what do people say about me in the room that I'm not in you know what I mean? I'm scared, oh, you know? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, it could be anything but as you said by, by the sounds of what you're saying you don't, you, you don't think about those sounds man. you just carry on working hard yeah, and focusing on yourself and, and and focus on the things you can control, yeah, which is your hard work and your kind of... Yeah, there's not enough time to, to focus on those negative. Control what you can control, and then, yeah, that's all. That's the rest is just fucking background noise, man. Because yeah. like, obviously when I originally reached out to you to this, you were like, there's certain topics you didn't really want to get into. <laughs> and what, 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 what was one of the maybe kind of race and kind of like yeah. social media? Well, I just, because I just feel like race is such a sensitive topic, mm -hmm. and there's people out there that speak about it so well, and they can articulate themselves with all the facts and the numbers about why they're in mm. all these injustices. I'll let them speak all, about it. Yeah, all I have is my experience and my opinions. Mm. Um, and then, so I'm a bit wary about being like whether, a face I, say, yeah, being or whether I say something wrong or whether I don't say enough. Because mm. I would hate to be put onto something about race and then go back, go away and think, shit, I should have added that, I should have mm. added that. Because I wouldn't be able to do it enough justice. Um, I obviously, I have, I'm a black man in the UK, grew up in London, now obviously playing rugby in Coventry. Um, I have my experiences and I have more than enough experience to know and all that sort of stuff, but I'd hate, you know, those people on Twitter that will just pick you up for every, any little thing. Oh. Like, oh, what about this? What about that? And you're like, bro, I don't have all the answers, right? So, so <laughs> go relax, man, relax. Yeah, so that's yeah, one Social media is a mad one as well. Like, I used to be wild on social media, man. Like, bro. <laughs> Did we follow each other? Yeah, yeah that's how we probably knew each other, bro. So yeah, that's how we met each other then. All we kind of knew each other. Bro, I was looking at my old tweets. Oh, I'll take this out of man that will look at it. But I was wild, man. I tweeted over 100,000 times. Bro, yeah. I was a troll. Like, I was tweeting bare. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. It's wild. But like, if someone... The unfortunate thing about society right now, mm. people will look at the past and they'll bring that out and then they'll oh, summarise you now. Like, when I look back bro, on it, I'm just, just... I was a little you, Just a yeah. gas little you. But I just love typing, mm. just a little keyboard warrior. When yeah. I look back at it, it's cringe, but that doesn't find me now. That's, yeah. that's almost 10 years away. I'm so much more educated. Same, like, if you're still the same person you were 10 enough. years ago, there's something's gone wrong. Trust. You're literally meant to change. You're meant to change. No cap, man. So all this cancel culture, can, can, yeah, cancel culture that they brought in social media, say, oh, you said this in 2012. So we're going to cancel you like, now. Like, what? Bro, like, my life's changed. I've changed. I've grown. Whether you want to believe it or not, that's your issue, but it shouldn't affect me today. Like, because if you were the same person that you were in 2012, there is a serious Trust. problem. <laughs> no, nobody's the same. Nobody's the same. Yeah, it's a techie one, man. That's just, yeah, that frustrates me as well. Because I see people getting cancelled, just little stuff. Like, oh, maybe like back in the day, sad, in yeah. our era, like, I, I think we're, I, I'm blessed and fortunate we got to grow up before the snowflake industry, let's say. Because everything is just sensitive now, mm -hmm. Like You can't say anything. I just, it's just boring, man. Like, I get it, there's, there's sensitive and there's real topics, but. Yeah. Back in the day, like, imagine even when, in secondary school, I went to a boys' school, which is very laddy, like, mm. oh, hey, don't do that, that's gay, man, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you say that now, they'll be like, oh, what, you against gay people? It's like, bro, yeah. I'm not using it, that terminology, yeah. and that's not our fault that we're using yeah. it. Like, we wouldn't say it now. Trust. But if, because obviously I understand it now, but if you went, yeah, you were to go into a school in, like, 2005 and stuff like that, that would be flying. Even mm. on the shows, look at Little Britain, look at... You know what I mean? Those, that's the sort of banter that was planned. Have you seen Eddie Murphy Delirious before? No, I haven't. Bro, you watch that, man. Bro, it's mad. If he got... <laughs> I said it on... <laughs> I spoke about episode one with my mm. mate because I love that. It's, it's funny. I mean, he talks about stuff. He talks about Stevie Wonder being blind. He takes the piss out of him being blind. Yeah. He takes the piss out of kind of homosexuals. But the way he does it is pretty vulgar. And like, right. If he was to say that now, he would be dead. 
yeah. bro. And like, and it's good though that society has come to understand that what is what is and what isn't offensive. Everybody has a voice, so everybody has a voice to say, right, we're not happy with this, we are happy with that, because I think that's why stuff is changing for everybody, for black people, equality for genders, equality for any any sexuality sort of stuff. So I think everybody's get, getting a voice, so it's good. Um, but yeah, like, I think too many people have voices now. Social media is giving everyone a voice. Yeah, and people, as you were true. saying, like it, it's taking so it's not taking yeah, what is actually important and what needs to change. It's taking intellect from you to say, but I don't want to talk about race because I know there's people out. You can talk about race, but there's mm. people out there that are pretty knowledgeable on this one. I'll let them yeah. talk about it. But nowadays, every Tom, Dick, and Harry thinks they're an expert on every topic you talk about, oh, and it's just like, bro, it's like sad. yeah, you gotta try. You gotta try and filter them out, like just in your mind and just. Just, just right. focus on yourself and yeah, just, just work, work hard, man. Them. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of people that are actually worth your time. <laughs> no cap. Yeah. Uh, I invest. I, I notice myself sometimes getting invested in just conversations of pointless stuff, <laughs> even football arguments or anything. Oh just my, like, my, my, my um, group chat. People are falling out. Over well, football. I can imagine falling over out. People football. like get heated about it. People like, are falling out over Man United when they're nowhere near the club. You're a fan, <laughs> bro. Trust. How are you talking about Sancho? <laughs> Why People are falling out over Sancho. Oh my god! It's dude. silly, man. It's absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I've learned. I think looking back on it, like when I was younger, mm. I'm like, it was definitely more immature. But like, I'm still got no, flaws 100%. now. But as I grown up now, I'm like, you just got to focus. You just got to grind, man. Just stay drilled, work hard, and just mm. just forget the background noise. Because there's so many distractions nowadays. Man. You get lost easy. in the there's source. Instagram is mad. Like there's scrolling through much. Instagram can just rattle your head, and it even rattles as as men. As you're saying, we're always pushing for more. Always. And social media always, you see different levels of success and you compare yourself to them. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, this guy's a that's billionaire at 26. Am I, am I a bum now? Yeah. But I'm 26 and I'm not a billionaire. When more time you realize that, first of all, a lot of them might not even be billionaires. It's fake, a lot of these Instagram guys. And most people, it takes years to become successful yeah. and wealthy, man. Yeah. And I'm thinking, know someone's backstory. 100%, man. When you use social media, you attempt to sort of figure out their backstory. You know, seconds. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And when we were growing up, yeah, when did Twitter come in? Like, say... 2010? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was all still quite new. Instagram was... Nothing. Bro, Instagram was nothing. So, like, we've got a real sense. Thankfully, we can see, right, that's not real. Or that is... But I feel sorry for the kids, like, the people that are... Born into this now. The kids that are, like, 11 years old now. Like... And my sister, man. Yeah, my sister's age 11, and, like, with the younger one. And I have to keep on top of her, man. Like, yeah. she downloaded Snapchat. I made them delete that. What do you need Snapchat for at nine? She had it at nine years old. Like, what do you need Snapchat for? Honestly. Like, they can be open to any madness, man. There's, there's open to the sick entire, people out there. And the mad thing is, it's not the fact that they're just... Obviously, they are open to a lot of information and all that stuff. But they're open to the entire world that you don't know is fake. Because that's what you're born into. Trust. The whole of social media is fake. It's codes on the screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if that's what you're growing up to, that is your life. It's all they know. So yeah, I feel sad for those guys. Yeah, so raising a child in this day and age is oh, hard, man. Like I think we just about got in before. Just, I'm, just I love about, being born in my year, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, you were born in ninety four. Yeah, so like 93, 93, 94, 95, I think. Yeah. Oh, I'm very fortunate. I'm happy to have experienced the secondary school time, exactly. the banner. Yeah. And then see technology and then technology nothing came, and yeah, then growing we more when we were growing up rather than yeah. just being dumped straight into this madness of a world uh, how we can wrap it up i mean so we've gone from how you ever got into rugby from mm. kind of qe boys your 10-year career which you're obviously still kind of still doing your passion for music mm. over the last few years mm. where do you see your 26 now yeah where do you see yourself in the next kind of let's give a benchmark of 30 let's say go five years 31 where do you see yourself um, do, you, do you set those kind of benchmarks or what do you set yourself oh, every day I want to get better or, or how do you yeah. aim to get better as a person because you seem pretty you, you, you like to self-improve and you reflect yeah, and you look at things it. deeply and I'm sure you look at yourself deeply as well so where do you kind of um, I'm not sure um, yeah it's one of those things where you've you got to get a balance so you've got to, you do have to have aspirations and goals as if somebody doesn't have it they're sort of you don't know which direction you're going you're a bit clueless but at the same time you have to focus on every day as it comes, you know what I mean? Because if you focus on that goal and then you have a setback, then what do you do? Oh, I can't have, I can't get it then, so now I'm a failure. False. So Did I think, the injury in 2018, the, the long thing help you teach, teach you that? Oh, massively. Anything can happen at any second. So it's great to have, it's great to have goals, great to have aspirations. Everybody should want to be the best at anything they're doing. Anybody should want the, the best for themselves, but it's important to say, right, it's important to think process over outcome. Mm-hmm. So like, got to think about how do I get there and along the way they will have milestones and allow yourself to have um, to have small victories along the way you know what I mean 
Because if, say, take the Premier League, for example, take any team, say Ever- Everton, if they everybody, everybody in the Premier League wants to mm. win the league. If they say that's my aspiration, you'll be sad for <laughs> you'll be sad for thirty years because you can't <laughs> win for thirty years. So you've got to have your own little wins. You know what I mean? So I think Focusing rugby's, day, day yeah, day. rugby's a huge focus for me. Um, I think yeah, I'm twenty six, but for my position, I think I'm just coming into into where I'm performing. So I want to be able to continue that and and show show what I can do. Obviously, improve improve every small little aspect of my of my game and like become. Um, a solid name for for the club I'm at at the moment. I have ambitions to play to play nationally, mm-hmm. so I've still got a long way to go. Is it hard to get into the national squad? I mean, oh, of course, it's hard. You've got to be the best in your position in the country. So, um, yeah, and 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 the main thing is consistency. Mm-hmm. So I think where I've failed, um, failed is a strong word, but I think where I've stumbled along my career is a bit of consistency. Like oh, I have a storming game, and then maybe potentially not back that up to the same degree. In the next game, so I think I just need to improve that consistency. In a few years' time, I want to be I want to be playing rugby week in week out. Um, I want to have one things with one things with wasps. Where musical go? Who knows? I still want to be involved in musical entertainment to some degree um, because yeah, we were talking about post rugby earlier, and I don't I have one eye on it. I don't, I'm not trying to plan for post rugby now, but with the small when does post rugby usually come age wise on average? Mid thirties, so say thirty five, thirty six. Some, some people are playing until they're like thirty eight. Some people retire about early thirties. But my main thing is that I want to be on my terms. I don't want to have to be searching around for a contract or trying to drop a couple of leagues so I can keep playing because I don't know what I'm going to do, sort of thing. If I drop a couple of leagues to keep playing, it's because I'm enjoying it, because mm-hmm. I want to, sort of thing. So um, yeah, with one eye on post rugby. I've just known that the the time I've spent in the entertainment industry, just the people I've met through music, the events I've been able to go to, and like some of some of my friends do festivals and do all that sort of stuff, and I'm massively interested in that. So hopefully over the next few years I can sort of build that, whether I'm performing music or whether I'm even managing or or just producing music, I want to be in the music entertainment industry um, to some degree. Hopefully rugby is. Hopefully rugby makes me too busy to do that. <laughs> um, I want I want to succeed massively in rugby. So um, yeah, hopefully by that time, yeah, it's a whole different conversation. But yeah, if I if I have an idea, rough idea with one eye on it, yeah, I want to be I want to be smashing rugby, be a be a consistent name and figure for my club, and then so yeah, pretty yeah, steam focused, yeah. just focusing on rugby. I mean, the music's on the side. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got a passion for that, but your main thing is yeah, rugby massively. Like it's. It's been my passion for Ten since years. I was yeah since I was younger. So um, so it's a massive part of your life. It's the majority of your life. So it's, it's hard to really be like yeah. you know what I want. And I didn't. I saw, I did know it, but until I couldn't play, until the doctor said, "Boy, you can't play," that's when I was like, "Yo, I love this sport." Like mm. you know what I mean? You don't know where you got until it's long until it's gone. Cliche, but I was I was in a bad place. I was like, "What? So you mean I can't play now?" When what is it like? <laughs> what do you mean? So like, yeah, so, never play again. Like yeah. that's a that's, that's, that's what, what yeah. a heart attack there and then. See, and then you realize how much it means to you. So that means a lot to me. Music means so much to me, and I want to keep creating. I want to keep. Yeah, I want people to be singing my songs. I want you know what I mean. I want to be making stuff for real people, like real music for real people. So if um, you had to put your kind of music into like a to the people out there that might be watching this, and let's say what you might be similar to. Obviously, you have your own unique thing. You're not mm. trying to be like anyone else, but. Mm. If you had to be like, oh, if you like this type of music, you might like me. And where can people find your music as well? For the yeah. people out there, I, th- I think uh, I'm on Spotify. I'm on Spotify and Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I think. I'm not sure what other um, streaming platforms I'm on at the moment. SoundCloud. No, there's no SoundCloud um, at the moment. But um, yeah, Spotify and Apple Music, you can find me. Um, hopefully soon, YouTube, some videos and stuff like that. But um, yeah, my music. I think it's a combination of a few people. It's very UK, so the delivery is very like apologetically UK and how I'm rapping sort of thing. So that might um, remind you of like a loyal car mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I find him so amazing. Like, honestly, I find his music, his delivery, his consistency so great. But um, yeah, but then I also have the R&B, R&B um, type to it and the subject matter might be more similar to sort of say like a Ryan Trey, like all these, all these R&B singers, basically, they don't even sing that hard. That's what I try and do mm-hmm. because I love the vulnerability. So I think it's a combination of of that sort of thing. But um, 
But yeah, I think it's just real music. Music that... Um, from the heart. From, literally, from... It's deep. cliche that sound. Yeah, like, yeah, from the from heart. deep inside you. Sort of the stuff that you you would say, the stuff that I would say to like a therapist, mm. but I don't have one. <laughs> so that's... Sing, I'm yeah, that's what the type of music is. And I think that's what... It shocked me how many people can connect with it because it is the thoughts that people think, whether we like it or not, or you say it or not. If you've been through some sort of thing with a female, it could be it could be relationships with your parents, friends, or a significant other. Like there's there's messages in there that relate to all three of those. So I think it's just like no, I yeah. think I can I can imagine you having a funny music video as well, or like creative because that video you done on Instagram, bro. I wasn't even exaggerating. I kept watching it over and over <laughs> again. I genuinely found it funny. Like the one stop. Stop. Yeah. Push your, that was actually yeah. funny and like and for you yeah. to say that you are a pretty shy and reserved guy, oh, like to man, do that. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. like yeah, so it's just so like I think people forget, like they see the all the rugby person, they people those are the people on my Instagram don't know me. Mm. They don't know me. So, I didn't know you. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So, I don't even know you like I am literally the silliest, like I'm not like I can be silly, not serious, like I love to have a laugh, but if you just see the rugby pose oh, or, shit. You just, or you just see me from across the road, mm. you think, Oh, like, who's this guy? He's too serious. But yeah, I like to have a laugh, so hopefully I can sort of bring that out in however, whichever way through no, you should, so, social media or entertainment or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'd like to have an opportunity to show that side of me. Um, that's why I like doing things like this, because I'm sure even my closest friends, they've never heard me speak like this. Mm. So I, it is there. I just don't come out screaming, hey guys, on my <laughs> social media. <laughs> hey guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those people... They're good at what they do. They do what they do. But I can't be like broadcasting my life to the world without anybody asking. Mm. <laughs> like, hey guys, I'm just, just here today. Yet, just bro. eating this for breakfast. Just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? My friends know me. They are, mm. We have our jokes together. And if you sit down with me, I'm sure it's a, it'll be a bit insightful. Um, but yeah, hopefully my personality can come through a little bit. It's not a priority of mine right now. Um, but yeah, whenever I get a chance to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, yeah I'd like to find me I appreciate that. Well, yeah, thank you again for coming down. Thank you for willing to come down. As I said, like, we don't even know each other, man, like that. We've known mm. each other, probably met each other twice, yeah. three times, know each other through social media. So I appreciate mm. your time and you actually wanting to come down, uh, explain your story. Anytime. Uh, it's, it's been great. And then we'll hopefully see you on, on YouTube soon and <laughs> doing shows and festivals, oh. as you mentioned as well. That's something you probably, that's what that. people usually start when they go to festivals yeah. and perform there. And, and before you know it, you, you kind of build your career and we'll look back in five to ten years' time if we're still in touch and. Yeah. Have a part two, maybe. Why not? We'll see. Well, yeah, thanks again for coming down. Bro.